Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. I feel like the bigger the situation, just the better I wrestle. World Championships, Olympics, I feel like I'm always at my best. It's incredible to see what wrestling provides, especially for the women in the sport now, in comparison to what I experienced growing up. I don't know if I ever imagined myself being able to live a life in a wrestling career like this. I humbled myself so much that I wasn't able to look in the mirror and say, that, hey man, you're pretty good, you know, and have that confidence. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Everyone needs to be able to do that. Everyone needs to, like I said, if you can't speak it in the truth, it's not going to. I know I'm not that good yet, but I try to hold myself to like junior level and senior level standards so that when I wrestle those senior level guys and I train with them, it's not different. Like that's just how I've been preparing. It's like I've been preparing to wrestle at the Olympics. I'm still really freaking good, you know? I still move really well. I still feel good. And uh, I'll be a world champion. Now it's time for Bonus Points, the official podcast of the National Governing Body at USA Wrestling. From Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Richard Immel. Welcome everyone to episode ninety. It's episode ninety. That's a pretty Nine big zero. Yes, of the big USA deal. Wrestling Bonus Points Podcast. I am your Bonus Points Podcast host, Richard Emmel. I have the Short Time Podcast host, Jason Bryant. Our podcast on his network, Matt Talk Online. Check that news feed out, Jason. Where do they go to sign up for Matt Talk Online? Uh, com. There are links for the entire robustness that is the Mad Talk Podcast Network. Did some math today, Richard. Did yes. some math. Before we record this episode, 367 episodes of the family of shows from PA Power Wrestle, from, from Track, from the Wrestling Hall of Fame, from USA Wrestling, from NC State, from at all. 367 episodes have been released already in 2017. So we could stop right now. We don't even, well, nobody would hear it if we stopped right now. But if we stop right now, we'd still have more shows than there are days of the calendar year. So we're putting out some stuff, folks. So, yeah, this will be like 368 or 369. By the time you listen to it, maybe 370. I actually brought back the whole, like, short nuggets that started short time this week. So another thing. But you asked me a question about where they can subscribe. If you like the Apple Podcast atmosphere, the Apple Podcast, iTunes, whatever you call it, there's a simple link for that. Go to iTunes.com slash Talk. You get all of them right there. You can sign up and uh, pick your favorite shows. If you don't like Old Dominion and you like Virginia Tech, well, you can listen to Virginia Tech and not Old Dominion. If you like Buena Vista and, and you, you want to talk about that and you don't want to listen to Richard, you can do that there too. So a bunch of different ways. And that's uh, matttalkonline.com is just like a ton of shows. So 
sign up for your favorite podcast today. And, and even if you're not on the network, it's uh, matttalkonline.com slash directory with every podcast I can find about wrestling. So there you go. A bunch of stuff. So if Big you like this pitch. show, if you like this show, odds are you're going to like anything that's on the network. So. Well, that and that and released today for, on the guillotine grapevine, the Minnesota show, uh, Daniel Kirkfleet, cadet world champion, latest show. So, uh, type of content you'll hear on Richard's bonus points program, but this is a bonus point show. So you're not going to hear it on the short time show. So, <laughs> so this week, I think we wanted to do a little bit of an NCAA preview show, a little bit of, um, you know, get that flavor going. We've done this the past couple of years. Why I, do you want to lie to the people, Richard? We wanted to do this two weeks ago. Yeah. We don't want to do it this week. We wanted to do this two weeks ago. That's correct. I wanted to do it before the season actually started, but it might work out better now that we've seen a little bit, you know, just dipped our feet in to what this college season will be. Already had a shakeup, big time shakeup at 174, which we'll get to in a minute, but, um, I had not heard of that. No, no, you haven't heard of the shakeup. No, it's been, you know, it's been great, but yeah, we wanted to get this out uh, a couple of weeks ago. I had some, some difficulties. I got sick earlier and, uh, you know, days off and just some, some random stuff happens. I will say your sniffle quotient is, is lower this year than it was last year. I mean, it's still there, but, uh, you know, and in between that and me building, not really building a garage, but building up my garage, I'm actually doing stuff with tools and drywall. I actually feel like a man, <laughs> you know, I mean, if the beard and the trucker hat didn't make me at least appear that way, I, I definitely fit in at home Depot now. I know Ken and Isle 14 pretty well every time I walk by. Where's your pegboard? That Ken is a saint, okay? <laughs> yeah. He, he sure is, yeah. I, yeah, I always enjoy doing... left is pretty good, too. Yeah, absolutely. Just to outline what we're going to go through today, uh, before we get to all the Home Depot talk... You better keep me on task, because you know how this can go when we're on a show. We're it's trying. Gonna like I'm going to try to keep Jason on task this week. I'm trying to mess with your head right now. Yeah, he is. Um <laughs> So basically, we're going to outline, obviously, the individual races. We'll we'll see the team race, maybe talk a little Hodge, talk a little history, um, some people to watch that maybe aren't on the cusp um, or on, aren't on the forefront, I should say, uh, some freshmen to watch. We'll give our predictions. And, um, you know, I think we should start with the pin chain. Kyle Snyder, Miles Martin, they were rocking the pin chain this last weekend, right? And that's um, – I'm a fan. What do you think about the pin chain? That, well, I was going to say it's – I honestly haven't followed a whole lot of college football to really be super aware of what Miami's turnover chain was to start with. So I heard, I saw it. I'm like, well, I actually saw the turnover chain like two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, so that's really it wasn't something that I had been aware of for a long time anyway. And then all of a sudden I see it was the picture of Snyder with the, the pin. And it's like, oh, pin chain. I'm like, you know what? That's I kind of like it. You know, I don't think find it to be, a, you know, braggadocious to a point, I mean, I, you know, there's there's times to be excited. I mean, Penn State's been pinning the crap out of people. If they had a pin chain, I mean, you could have probably lifted up like boulders with these these chains. I mean, there's just, I mean, that's a bad bad you know analogy if if or whatever. But I like it if if it gets to you know Penn State talks about they have competitions on who can score the most bonus points. Well, Ohio State's going to make this one public. It's like all right, let's get the pin chain. I I don't think there's a problem with it at all i think it's it's something that's obviously coming from the mind of the kids and some of the coaches there that it's like hey let's get people talking let's pre create an incentive for our team and yeah okay if it's a straight rip off of the u university of miami football turnover chain 
Who cares? There's not that much crossover audience. I mean, it's not like what happened with my alma mater actually ripping off Ohio State's like video entrance for recruiting pits. That was worse. Okay, there's there's borrowing ideas and there's ripping off. Okay, so I get you know I'm fine with it. You know, and I'm I, I'm I'm a traditionalist. People know that. Uh, I'm I'm not exactly a fuddy duddy. I'm not to that point where I'm like, hey kids, get off my lawn. But if you're trying to find a problem with this, you know. Get over it. And, yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because Jordan Burroughs actually had a column this past uh, week, you know, this past issue in Win Magazine, where he's talking about celebrations. And you know what? There's there's a there's a line between what I think Jordan was talking about, uh, contrived type of things. Where uh, let's let's use uh, Trent Hidley's uh, hoagie for example. Okay, that was kind of cool, but you're, you're not going to do that in a college match. That was a specific one-off type of event that. I think the celebrations there were probably a little over the top compared to what they would be. You're not going to see that in a high school dual meet. Somebody throw a hoagie out from the stand. I mean, if you do, you're probably going to lose a team point. So I, I'm fine with the pin chain as long as it's not like, you know, you're, you're not dropping it in the face of your opponent uh, after you pin him or something. I mean, if it's like, yeah, give me the pin chain once your hand is raised. Cool. It just let's let's create a little bit of buzz. I don't think it's. It's it's a bad deal, and those of those out there want to want to complain about it because it's a dealing with Miami football. Well, guess what? How much Miami football do you actually watch to even give a crap? So get over it. I love the pin chain. Um, they have a Twitter pin chain Twitter, which is hilarious. Yeah, I followed. I followed it. <laughs> I followed it almost immediately. I don't follow everybody either. Too. I don't even. No. I don't follow these troll accounts. I don't follow the the accounts that are making fun of of my friends. I'm just like, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm a traditionalist, but I followed OSU pin chain. I love the pin chain. Uh, in fact, I want to fashion one for the office for like an employee of the month kind of thing, which I got one time. And I think they stopped doing it in like April of 2010. Yeah. We don't do it anymore, but I'm going <laughs> like to bring said, it back. I'm a, I'm a trendsetter around this place. Uh, so that's, that's one of my next big projects. I Did you see a- Robbie, Robbie Smith wearing a big old pin chain bling. That would be great. With the match's beard. That would be fantastic. I'm thinking gold, though. We got to go with a gold chain, uh, the nice, you know, USA Wrestling logo, big, um, diamond did you studded. Read the, yeah. Did you read the story that uh, that um, the Lantern, the OSU student paper, wrote about it? That was a pretty good story about some background on where where they got the material, Jaggers and his wife talking about it. So uh, good shout out to the to the Lantern out there. Some student journalists doing some work there. Absolutely. So we mentioned the pin chain. What else have we seen already in this you know, very early NCAA season? Two weeks in, basically. We'll have a lot of good stuff this weekend. Um, as we speak, the Iowa City duels are taking place. Um, as we speak. As we speak. They're probably over by the time you finish the show. I mean, mm-hmm. as of now, Iowa's beaten Iowa Central and Buffalo. They were, they, were, they were big up on North Dakota State last I checked. Yeah. I mean, we got Fresno State tonight. We got Minnesota Fresno State, Fresno State. Hold on, you can't see this. This is bad podcasting. Wrestling shirt a day, two twenty. Got the Fresno State wrestling going on. Been waiting for today to wear it. Awesome, that's great. Under yeah. my layers of USA Wrestling uh, stuff that I use in my garage. Yeah, I I was um, looking into the Fresno State match tonight. They're dueling Illinois, correct? Uh, tonight in the um, you know the big arena. They expect to have. Like eight or nine thousand people in that arena for this duel, their their first duel meet back um, at home. I mean, it's not going to be the greatest um, outcome. We know that because uh, last week they're coming off a loss to Nebraska Kearney. Uh, they did beat San Francisco State, a couple of Division two teams. For those who are 
unaware of life outside of Division One. But uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be growing pains. They've got a lineup, they've got a lot of bodies, but they've got a lot of youth. So um, you know, got some transfers from other programs. So they do have you know at least some match experience, but. I think it's a celebration of bringing the program back more so than, you know, trying to beat Illinois tonight. Absolutely. And it's cool because Illinois does have that California tie in a little bit with, with Martinez, um, you know, being from that area. And, um, you know, that, yeah, that's just, that's just a cool thing. We're happy that Fresno state is back in the mix. Um, and, and coach Steiner out there, you know, appears to be enjoying himself, doing great things. And, and hopefully that program can, uh, can continue to rise as a, as it gets back into the Division One scene, what else have we seen this year? Um, All Star Classic. We obviously started off with All Star Classic. There were a couple of things going on there. Uh, Piccinini over Cruz. You had Valencia over Hall, and, and we should probably talk about Zahid. Um, he, he's good. He's very good. Very. <laughs> he's good. had a good week. He's I don't had, know he's had how a good he week. makes one seventy four. I mean, the kid <laughs> is huge. He wrestles eighty six at. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. on, on the senior level, or I should say junior so far, but will be senior level. Um, maybe he slots into that 79 spot. I don't know. But he's been wrestling 86. I've been, I looked it up for like the past four years, 86 kilos. It's it's pretty insane. But he, he goes out and he beats preseason um, three of the top four, excluding himself, right? So everyone in the top four he's beat. He, he basically had a, had a prowl-style round robin <laughs> in week one. Yeah, yeah. Um, follow that model Xander that that's what you want those three that that's, that's how you talk about it okay um loose, the loose lips sink ships Jason I don't know what you're talking about exactly um <laughs> loose lips sink starships that's that was also the Star Wars uh, Star Empire. Wars I'm excited for that uh, Justice League came out today right be I'm less of a comic book guy than I am a Star Wars guy. Right. Justice League. I saw bad reviews for Justice Star League. Star Wars. Oh, wait. No, I'm just kidding. Star Wars. Yeah, he just did the Star Trek thing. I know. I know. Like, <laughs> go to t-shirthell.com. You got to get your lightsaber see. out. Like, <laughs> I used to have yeah. an app, a lightsaber app. Me and my buddies in college, we'd play lightsabers in the movies. Because um, we were cool. Yeah, but after the movie, you'd probably end up sword fighting. But we won't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> Zahid yeah. Valencia, he beat Mark Hall, he beat Bo Jordan, he beat uh, Miles Amin uh, in his first three matches of the season. So those are your top two of which count. Two of which count. The other one we saw it happened, definitely happened. So yeah, the the I think the open mat is the only outlet that's actually not using it for their rankings. I think everybody else did. A couple of years ago, people said, like, oh, "I can't count rankings." Well, no. Back when I was running Intermat, it was owned by the NWCA, so those rankings didn't include the all-star matches because it was also the outlet putting on the event and you know the NCAA it was an exempted event you still had to make make weight but it was selected criteria you know it was a selection so not everybody had an equal chance to to compete so that was one thing about why they weren't being used I'm not against them being used for rankings by any means but you know it's out there people know the NCAA can't look at it and uh, that's one of those things that you you, you know uh, actually Willie and CP were actually discussing that on uh, their show the other day about if if they went out uh, who gets the one you know that's you know <laughs> coaches making these pictures be like well Valencia did he beat him why are you got him ahead if that match didn't exist so that's that's a conundrum all to itself but uh, Zahid yeah coming down looking great and oof. Him and Josh Shields had a have had a great uh, great start of the season, for sure. 
Also, something I'm glad to see Adam Kuhn back in the fold. Man, it's he's a, just gigantic. He's a big dude. I talked to him before the season started. Um, did a little interview with him. What he's an impressive guy. You know, he's he's getting his master's degree in space engineering. He has a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering. And he wants to be an astronaut, but he also wants to keep wrestling until you know, he can't anymore. And he doesn't know if he wants to do freestyle or Greco. He's, he said, well, if I can do both, uh, yeah, I'd like to do both and, and make the Olympic team in both styles. And I said, I don't think anyone's going to try and stop you from doing that, my man. You can do what you want. But, uh, you know, I, I am excited to see him back. I don't know if people are really giving him much of a shot against Kyle Snyder. Um, and I guess we can just kind of go into it, but. Um, I, I think Kuhn, he's, he's wrestled Snyder tough before. He's a big guy. He's I've, the only guy I believe that probably has a chance. And granted, everybody I, uh, has a pinner's chance. Everybody can throw a hell. I mean, but remember, Kyle, Kyle Snyder doesn't get in these bad positions. We, we talked about pinner's chance last year when we're, you know, once, once he cleared the Gwizdowski hurdle in 2016, we're like, okay, who can, who can beat him in 17? Well, Kuhn's red shirt and pinner's chance, pinner's chance, but nobody came close. I mean, no. I think the worst performance Snyder had was because, I mean, Medbury wrote him out for a period or something like that. I mean, it's like, right. okay, you know, you know, he, he kind of tweaked a rib or something. And then it's like, you know, if that's the worst performance we got from him, I mean, Kuhn's big and strong and like body locks, but um, I, I don't see Snyder getting into those positions because yes, he's aware that uh, six foot six, Mr. Kuhn is big and strong and he's beaten him with low leg attacks. So Absolutely. it would take, it would take a brain fart of, of cosmic proportions, get it cosmic astronaut, uh, to, to have, yeah, that's a cricket, cricket emoji. Uh, <laughs> is there a cricket emoji? Yeah, that uh, would be, it, no, there's a peach emoji. We know that, but, uh, the, the cricket emoji doesn't exist. Yeah. It would take that type of brain fart for, for Snyder to lose that match that way because he's, he's, he knows how to wrestle Adam Coon. But Coon's probably the only guy I think that's got a legit shot. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, um, no disrespect to anybody else, but you know, I know everybody's out there confident, but we're the pundits that get to say this stuff and you guys get to come at us on Twitter. Please um, do at Richard underscore Immel on Twitter. Come at me, bro. I challenge you. I want to talk about the individual races. Um, you know, I mentioned my question for this season is, is it as straightforward as it appears to be? You know, I, I've gone through and I've made my predictions, which I'll get to later in the show, uh, you as well. And I'm looking at this year, and this seems to be a relatively straightforward year as what we could expect, but um, I think we know every year, you know, straightforward doesn't necessarily happen. Um, so... I want to talk about the history of things a little bit before we get to the individual races. So bear educate with me, Emil. Educate. Bear it. with That's... me, Jason. I I have stats upon stats upon spreadsheets in front of my face right now. I've taught yeah. you well. <laughs> well, you. I'll take you. a little bit of credit for that. A little bit. So what if I told you to name how many uh, three-time national champions there have ever been, including the four-timers? Now. Because I know the answer already, if I were to guess, I would I would honestly give an honest guess probably in the 30s would be where, where my honest guess is. But that would be off, but not by that much. Right. And that's kind of what I thought as well. You know, I 
I did a lot of research um, for a for a story I wrote along the same lines, talking about the history. It'll be in our upcoming USA Wrestler issue that should be coming out to you uh, sometime in the next week or two. Oh, we've already sent it off to the printers and everything, but uh, 47 people have won at least three NCAA titles as individuals, and then obviously there are the four that have won four time, uh, four titles, I should say. So NCAA Division One or just NCAA Division One titles. Yeah, there's 47 individuals who have accomplished the feat. 47. Yeah, this season. We have four such individuals who could accomplish the feat. Okay, we're talking about Dean Heil, uh, Zane Rutherford, Isaiah Martinez, Kyle Snyder. Those four guys could become three-timers this year if they win the NCAA championships. Now, how many times, which I already told you the answer before we got on, but if you were to guess, how many times have we seen four guys win their third title in the same year? My guess would have been one. Okay. That that is legit because that's what I thought before you told me the answer. That was that's that was gonna be because you don't ask that question unless it hasn't happened in a very long time or it's only happened very few times. So the answer to that question is it has never happened. We have never had four people win their third NCAA title all in the same season. Okay. It's only happened twice before that we have had three people win the third NCAA title in the same season. Now that would be 1950 and 1983. So we're looking at uh, what? 44. This would be 45 years. Very long time. Yeah. So, so what does that tell us? So that could tell us a number of things, right? Wait, 1983. What did you say? 45 years. Is that not 45? That's 35, right? I'm 38. I was born in 79. So, uh, let's <laughs> yeah, 35 years. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was like, I'm doing math off the top of my head. It's not good. You were, you were so good on the math until then. Rimmel. <laughs> Jeez. So 35 years Been 35 years since we've seen three win their third in the same year. Um, so this what is, is that education? What does that tell us? Right? So that tells us, uh, to me, one of two things, either, This has the potential to go down as the most historic NCAA wrestling season of all time uh, from a that's and that's not that's not hyperbole. That is no, that's there's a statistical reference to back up that claim. Right. I've got plenty of stats left to go, but I just want to get these two premises out there. So got that many more. Jeez, we're going to be here all night. (laughs) We got plenty of time. We started 20 minutes ago. We've still got at least 40 minutes under our belt. Right. At least. That, well, that was well. Remember that one year we went forty-five before we even got to any exactly. of the wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> so we're well, we're way ahead of the curve at this point. We've learned, people. We've learned. Yeah. So, so either this will go down as the greatest NCAA wrestling season of all time, or one of the greats is going to screw it up for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, since this has never happened before, I wanted to go back and see you know further. What is the season or, or the best season of all time from these high quality, you know, guys who have won multiple national titles uh, perspective, right? So my thought was, okay, uh, take out the year that they won their third title. Just look at the three-time NCAA champions that wrestled in the same year. No matter which year it was, title one, title two, title three, um, 
as long as they all wrestled and won an NCAA title in the same year, what's the best year? Okay. Did we even match four in that capacity? Um, you follow? You following me? Listeners, yes. you following me? Okay. So. The answer is quite awesome. Yes. So I will tell you, there have been five seasons all time where we have had four such wrestlers, okay, that have won a third NCAA title and won a title in the season, regardless of one, two, or three. There's been one time where five have done it, okay? So half the NCAA champions in one season were either three-timers at the time or eventual three-timers, okay? And uh, do you know what year that was? We've already mentioned the year. Uh, is it bad math year, Richard? It is bad math year. <laughs> correct. It's bad math year. We, we are correct. So 1983, we had five eventual three-timers win an NCAA title in the same year. So. Most impressive about that, though, is the names. Yeah. They are legendary names here. You want me to go through the names? I want you to go through these names just so people can understand the type of quality college wrestling was that particular era too. Absolutely. I mean, it's fascinating going through this list, you know, you're, you're going through all these seasons and um, just looking at who won in what year. It's, it's pretty remarkable, but this year in 1983, we had three Iowa Hawkeyes win the national title who were eventually three-time national champions. So Ed Bannock, he won Olympic an, champ. Yeah. Olympic champ. He won his third title in 1983. Uh, Barry Davis, Olympic silver. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Right. Uh, And he won his second NCAA title that year would go on to win his third, uh, I believe a couple years later. Right. Um, And then Jim Zaleski was the other Hawkeye. He won his second title. Um, Then the other two uh, were three timers that particular year. Nate Carr from Iowa state and Mark Schultz from Oklahoma. So Nate Carr, Olympic bronze, Dave Schultz, world Olympic champion. Mark, Mark Schultz. Sorry, yeah, Mark Schultz. Uh, Sorry. You know what? Here's This is one of those things where people be like, who's the worst four-time undefeated national <laughs> champion ever? Yeah. It's like like this Dean Heil, Rose Schultz question. Who's like, who's the worst guy? Man, Jimmy Zaleski was the worst of that group. I mean, just how st- you know? I gotta give my buddy Nate Shy credit for that one. We'd be at the bar all the time and see these conversations come up. Be like, "Who's the worst four-time undefeated champ ever?" <laughs> oh, that's what these that's what these discussions come down to. So sorry, Jimmy, you're 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 the worst three-time champ of that era of '84 because you don't have an Olympic medal. Right? Isn't that Look how just, stupid that is? That's I mean, like that's, that's crazy. St- Stupid awesome in terms of facts and stats. Right. So when I was going through all of this, I was like, man, 1983, that's probably the best year in college wrestling history, right? Yeah, year year after Uncle Rico would have gone pro. Exactly. Um, so a couple more trivia questions for you, you know, just to didn't get, even bite on that one. Get the didn't ball even rolling. bite on that one. No. Wow. No, I didn't. That's uh, that's strong. I am focused. Quite strong. I'm focused. So you energized? Yes. I just had a <laughs> coffee. I'm feeling great. How um, strong are you? So I mentioned 1950. There were three three-timers that year. Can you name them? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was doing this, and Nomad named him. He's a nerd, by the way. Well, we know love that. Him. Love him. But I was I was talking this through with him, too, during the Schultz. I did all this research during the Schultz tournament. 
Um, Hold on. Now I'm going to look because I've got it in front of me. Well, let me just if, tell you. If, if, I want to see if I would have guessed them just based on it. Okay, you know what? Two of them I probably would have guessed. The third I wouldn't have. Yeah, so I said 1950. You've got uh, Lowell Lang. Lowell. Lowell. Lang. Dang, dang it. I did that last time too. Lowell Lang. Cornell College won his mm-hmm. third national title. Then um, Will William Nelson, Northern the Iowa. Late, yeah, the late Bill Nelson, yes. Yeah, And then Dick Hutton. Oklahoma that would State. be the one that I missed because I'd always, because Hutton was beaten by Vern Gagne and, you know, I think it was, I think he went one, two, one, one, if I'm not mistaken. And, or it was one, one, two, one. It was one of those way back in the day before freshmen were ineligible. And I always, when you ask that question, I was like, I, I have a hard time thinking Hutton was part of that era. Cause I thought of him as being before that, but no, he was right in that era of the fifties. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I you know, I was I always thought he was in with those great you know Oklahoma A and M greats, but I'm just getting my my decades mixed. So Nomad knew that. Wow, off the top of his head. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, That's good. So my other one. When is the last time we had multiple guys win their third national title in the same year? Not just one guy. We had two guys win their third in the same year. That sound you hear is me guessing in crickets. I'm gonna. <laughs> Uh, Did Nomad uh, know this one? This one's pretty easy. Well, I don't know. I mean, you see, you've got me thinking about all these different things. It's like... My bad, my bad. Uh, so 2014 was the last time we had multiple three-time national champions in the same year. That was Logan Stever, Ed Ruth. They both won their, okay, okay. They both see, won the their thing. third you, that year. You got me thinking history. I want to go back to like, all right, I started going in 2002, and you start... I'd, I'd eventually have figured it out, but it would have taken the rest of the show. Right. So, So all of this leads back to... We have those four guys that could do it this year. Okay, it's just like the longest like question ever. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm just trying to keep it real, keep it interesting. I, yeah, well, hey, um, just remember, be careful when keeping it real goes wrong. Exactly. I mean, we we don't have to sit here and give our opinions for an hour. You know, as fun as that may be, we don't. No, we don't. We could like spew real I like, facts. You know, I like the knowledge bombs here because this is the stuff that you know we, we dig into all the time. It's like. You know those those trivia questions that end up being like pub trivia in my little uh, my little almanac. There, I was like, I'm looking through it like the four timers. Be like, man, Dwayne Goldman was like two 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 one. You know, his four time All America. You look at those, be like, wow, this guy lost every single match he was in. Uh, you know, he was like six eight four. You know, two. It's like he never won his last match of the season. Type stuff. I like this type of randomness. Yeah. So I mean, and I have quite a few other. Um, you know, individualized stats that are pretty cool based on Snyder, uh, Rutherford, Heil, and Martinez. But we'll get to that in a second. But so we have those four this year. Mm-hmm. We also have what is that? Uh, five other guys who could go on to be three timers in this class. That's the sickest part about this. Oh yeah. So that's nine. Um, Nine individuals who have already won an NCAA title. That's a caveat here. They have already won an NCAA title that have the mathematical potential to be a three-time national champion. Nine. Okay, we were talking about the previous record for everyone in the same year was five. And that happened one time. We could have nine of them wrestling this year. Probably not going to happen, right? But the potential is there. And that's not even including the freshmen. Yeah, it, it's funny because I, I love how you, you go back and you look at like revisionist history. People look at it like comparing that bracket 
at 149 pounds that everybody talks about with right. Metcalf and Burroughs and mm-hmm. Caldwell and Bubba and J.P. O'Connor and Lance Palmer and uh, you know, Adam Hall. Can we keep going? I mean, it's just like Will that, that, that's what we get to see now, but we get to see it through ten, potentially 10 weight classes. Right. And the guys that we have that are that are still in college that were part of that world championship team, for example, you know, it's like the, this era of wrestling is is it's. You know, I, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, the guillotine has this, has this buzzword they say all the time. And Jeff B, she says, you know, it's a great time to be a Minnesota wrestling fan. It's just a great time to be a wrestling fan right now. I mean, look at the quality we're going to see, especially on the D1 match this year. It's insane. So we're just cheerleaders right now because it's just like, I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's, we're not we're not a hype machine. This is just true. This is just freaking awesome. Right. And it's it's no surprise that we're seeing the success translate to the senior level that we won a world championship this year. You have two guys still in college that are coming back this year that were on the world team this year, you know, three that were actually in college last year, you know, a couple of them already won Olympic medals and world medals. And it's, it's, uh, we're just seeing the depth and the the skill of these young wrestlers really, um, you know, come to the forefront. But I said there was nine total individuals who could be three timers in this class and then you tack on three more guys who have already won NCAA titles going for another NCAA title this year. So that's 12. You have 12 previous NCAA champions in this current field. In 10 weight classes. In 10 weight classes, right. Um, so I'll name the nine for you. So obviously I mentioned the four already of of Heil, Rutherford, Martinez, and Snyder. You also have Jason Nolf at 157, uh, Vincenzo Joseph, Won it last year as a freshman for Penn State. He's at 174. Excuse me. He is 174, right? No, he's 65. 65. Mark Hall's 674. Yeah, my bad. Mark Hall's another one of those guys. 74. Uh, Bo Nickel, 184. Miles Martin, 184. So Nickel and Martin will probably cancel each other out in some way or another. Maybe one of them goes on. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But they've both won one title with two years of eligibility left. Hall's won one title and Joseph's won one title with three years left to accomplish the feat. So what we're talking about is theoretically Isaiah Martinez could beat Vincenzo Joseph this year to win his third. Joseph could go on to win the next two and they're both three timers, right? With the second place. Or how about about Isaiah Martinez beating Jason Nolf as a freshman? Right. That Nolf wins three. So two of the, uh, now, Marti- say if Martinez beats Joseph, it, it's got to be Joseph, though, the key for this. Right. It can't be Logan Massa or somebody like that. But if, say he beats Joseph, that means two of the three guys that he beat to win NCAA titles would have been three-timers themselves. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. And it's the two guys he lost to. Yes, the only two. The only two guys he lost to. How about – I mean, his his career is just fascinating from that uh, that fluidity and just the dynamics of everything. Um, so – and then the, the other three who have already won a national title, uh, we have two at 125, Darian Cruz, Nathan Tomasello, and then um, Jason Sertzis, uh, who's at Arizona State, who we don't, I mean, he's kind of up in the air right now. We don't really know what's going to happen with him, uh, whether he'll be in the lineup or not. Uh, but he is, you know, still eligible to compete. So his senior year. Um, that said, where do I want to go with this? Historic. It's historic, right? Um, very historic, very historic. Um, I mean, we can, we can bullet down individual races if we want. Um, 
What do you, how, how do you want to proceed with this, my friend? Well, you know, you, you talked about it being, you know, is, is it as cut and dry? Is that the question? Is this chalk? And right. I looked through the weights, and a lot of them, we, you're going to have those guys that are going to win those, those, those third titles. I think 84, we, we've got the intrigue. Uh, you know, le- I mean, last year I actually came out and said that G- there's no way anybody was beating Gabe Dean. I was wrong. Uh, Bo Nickel found a way to beat Gabe Dean. And this year it's like, well, Miles Martin can beat Bo Nickel, and then they've beaten each other. And I say, okay, that one's not so cut and dry. 25 and 33, I think, are are not so cut and dry because I th- I, though, those are typically the most unpredictable weight classes. Uh, and we've already touched on heavyweight a little bit. I think everything else seems like it would be chalk. Right. It seems pretty straightforward to me. Um, But, you know, unfortunately the, this is a world where injuries happen. You know, we, we could see a, you know, a a bad injury or somebody get, uh, you know, skin funk or something right before conference tournament and, you know, not have a makeup bag anywhere near them or, you know, things of that nature that something's always going to be potentially there looming. Uh, If, I, I hope it doesn't because the fact that we could see all this unfold. But again, twenty five, thirty three are probably the two weight classes that I'm right. least sure about. Exactly. Because I could see a couple different people winning each of those weights for various different reasons. Yeah, that's I, probably I would where agree I'd like to begin. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, and I think we don't we don't need to go too in depth with all these weights. But I think for me, twenty five really comes down to Tomasello. Um, Piccinini, perhaps, uh, Darian Cruz. I mean, you got two returning champs in there. You say Cruz is like getting crapped on here because he because he, he went the other way on a cradle all of a sudden. Right. And I, I <laughs> you know, if it was me, betting man, I would pick Tomasello or Cruz. Like that would be the two lanes I would go down, unless you see someone like Spencer Lee come out of redshirt, and then maybe that changes the game. Maybe uh, you know Dayton Fix wants to come out. I don't think he will, but he's there. And right. Soriano being a very trendy pick. Soriano as well, yeah, I loved him because he he did he did beat Cruz pretty handily last year. Yeah, so but you, I mean, and then you got the Lezaks of the world who can who can beat anyone on any given day. I think it's an interesting weight class, um, and, and same with thirty three. Except I think from thirty three's perspective, Seth Gross seems to have a cut above everyone else, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think the key him with him though is going to be. I mean, he's already he's he's solved Misich here in the early going, so we're going to see what the the coaching staff and Michigan Cade can Brock. Do. Yeah, <laughs> but the, it's Cade Brock's the one I think that's probably the most dangerous for him. Could I think. Be. I mean, even even Brock just lost to Scotty Parker from Lehigh. I think Cade Brock is the guy that, you know, if there's going to be a guy wearing orange that that ups his game. You know, Cade Brock's the guy that that definitely checks all the boxes. How about this? Of, How about this? As a as a surprise guy that could beat, I think, any one of those guys, Mitchell McKee. Well, he knows how to beat Brock, but a lot of that's from 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 freestyle. Yeah. But again, we saw Mitch McKee do Mitch McKee things in Finland, and you know the guy's fearless, and you know he took a lot of losses last year, and uh, you know that second year varsity mat time. We I usually use that descriptor when I'm talking about high school kids, but there is a significant, going to be a significant jump. I've already seen him wrestle once this year. Granted, he wasn't wrestling the toughest competition when they beat the air force Academy and it got a first period fall, but he's, he's confident. He is pretty, pretty large for the weight class. Uh, he's, he's got a team that's got a, a renewed vigor. And I think the success that his teammates 
are going to have this year, I think really will help push him along. So, I mean, again, good class. Gross being the most different. I mean, he wrestles different than the other guys in, in terms of just, you know, we, we are not saying anything that people don't already know about Seth Gross. But I just think Cade Brock's probably the one guy here that can probably cause Seth Gross more problems than anybody else. Yeah, he's got that big move potential that could put Gross in a hole. And, and maybe if Gross gets in a hole, how do we see him respond to that? You know, because he dominated Kate Brock in the, the NCAA tournament last year, the Big 12 championships right. last year. I mean, it wasn't close. Right. Um, so what happens when he, he gets in a tight one or even gets behind six-point move right off the bat? Um, you know, we've seen that from Kate Brock before. The reason I say McKee is because he muddies the water a little bit. He, like Gross has a little bit of an unorthodox style that could maybe create problems for the top contenders. Um, even though I think Cade Brock does have a little bit of an unorthodox style as well, more of a flashy, um, you know, high risk, high reward kind of style. Um, so, so that's really where I see 133. I tweeted this out yesterday. I'm leading the Seth Gross for Hodge hype train. I'm starting that up right now. This dude is going to get a lot of bonus points this year. And if he goes through undefeated, I think uh, he's got a strong case, even though he won't have the career accolades of a Rutherford or a Knoll for an Imar or a Snyder or a Heil, who we're going to see, you know, in the the mix for the Hots Trophy as well. Um, so right. I, I really like Seth Gross. Um, I think he is a uh, he's one to watch for sure. Very right, you want some? Yeah. You want some history here? Okay, so we got the Hodge has been presented twenty three times. It started in nineteen ninety five. T.J. Jaworski, first Hodge Trophy right. winner. That there was go. not going to be the question. Okay. The key is here's why I am going to lean against. Now Gross goes undefeated. You know, pins everybody or or whatever. You know, statistically, but how many people from non power programs? Let's take Nick Ackerman from Simpson, Iowa, out of the equation. So Division one athletes or Hodge athletes only. Uh, because there were two awarded with, with Ackerman and Sanderson in 2001. In years, there have only been one name on the Hodge Trophy. How many have not been from Power 5 programs? Hmm. One? Two? Two. Two. Emmett Wilson from Montana State Northern, who was the, the NAIA guy who crushed everybody that year. Yeah. Stephen Neal. Right. Bakersfield. Everybody else has been from, let's see, uh, I see Big Ten, I see Big 12, I see Arizona State once. Yeah, I see Jaworski ACC. So everybody's either been for the Big Ten or Big 12, save, you know, Jaworski, Neal, Larkin, and Emmett Wilson. So, I mean, even Missouri back then was in the Big 12. So that's uh, – small schools don't win that award. I remember – Scott Moore was on a pinning spree when his his senior year when he was a grad actually his grad year at University of Virginia and something happened he lost to Cliff Moore and you know the 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 non-power programs tend don't tend not to win those big awards. Well, this is me speaking on behalf of the non-power programs and as a voting member You want to speak you went to Oklahoma wanting to speak on a, a non-power program here. Huh? I'm just supporting huh? my Big 12, you know, <laughs> homies uh up in uh, Brookings, right? Yeah, I uh, didn't the Jackrabbits beat the Sooners last year because of a Seth Gross yeah. pin. Seth Gross pin pinned uh, <laughs> in the last match of the duel. Or, or yeah, it was forced of, criteria, and mm-hmm. yeah, that was it. I, I mean, it'd be really honestly, you know what? I like that never before happened. So that's one stat you could throw out there. How about was, like you know, last year it was 
uh, Bono just getting an All-American. And then he had NCAA finals with Gross. And then if Gross wins the national title this year. Right. Yeah, two All-American. Yeah, absolutely. And wins the Hodge. What would that do for that program? That's crazy. You can come here and win a national title and win the Hodge Trophy. I'm just wondering now, like, let's see, from uh, right now we record 3.30 Central Time. I could be in the car maybe and make their match with Minnesota tonight as we record this. Right. I want to watch that one. Um, well, the thing is, where Gross McKee is going to be like, by the time you listen to this, we're going to sound stupid because that match has already happened. If Richard gets done editing the show by then. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I'm not really going to edit this one. I'm just going to chop on both ends and, and put my little music, you know. So... You're not going to edit this one, so that's a very dangerous thing to tell me. Because I'll go full blood round. <laughs> if, if you make me edit this, I'm going to be upset. Okay. I don't even have my soundboard up to actually. You know, I could probably bring that up. Let's see. I can. I can make the editing for you. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to chalk. I'm not going to goof it up with yeah. goofy sound bites. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to go weight by weight. I think there's enough podcasts out there. If you want to go weight by weight, go look at the rankings. But um, I want to talk about the team race a little bit. I think this is another aspect. You know, I mentioned the greatest season in NCAA wrestling history. The team race compounds that effect. <laughs> Do I have something on uh, my face? No, I don't know if you heard my uh, my soundbite or not. I didn't. I didn't hear it, thankfully. But the team race, I hope the listeners didn't hear it as well. Um, well, basically, it was Stewie telling you you suck. <laughs> Shut up, Richard. Richard... I think I've got that clip here too. <laughs> All right. As I was saying, Ohio State, Penn State. Okay, those are the two horses that everyone's talking about. Um, Penn State, probably a less sure lineup, but higher bonus potential. You know, higher flash, probably will get more pins, things of the sort. Ohio State, probably a deeper, uh, complete lineup. All 10 guys, okay, have the potential to stand on the podium with, what do you want to say, four, maybe five of them, potentially national champions, okay? So the thing that I think is unique about this is they could both hit the scoring record. Both of them, depending on how it goes, they could both get up there. Mm. I don't me. It's not impossible. Penn State The got second, or you're saying that, each team has the ability to break the yes. scoring record. I'm not, not saying both they're both going to break it. I'm saying Yeah, they're not going to be like it's not going to be like 175 to 174. No, 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 no. I think either team has the capability on any given day or 3-day span throughout a tournament to put together a tournament that could be the best tournament of all time. I mean, we saw Penn State, they have five returning national champions. You know, who's to say that they don't get a sixth and some bonus points along the way to put them over the top? You know, that's that's what I'm saying. Ohio mm -hmm. State, I just said, maybe they have five guys that could win a national title, plus they have the strongest lineup. They, All-American, 10 guys, have five national champs, some bonus points. You know, Snyder's going to get bonus. Tomasello's probably going to get some bonus along the way. Uh, you know, it's... The potential is there, which is what is just fascinating to me. Now, given that they're both competing in the same year... I think they're both going to take their shots at each other, and it probably won't hit that record. You know what I mean? But well, we're going to have dual meets. We're going to have the Big Ten tournament. So there's opportunities for them to be away from each other in certain spots because, you know, four or five, you're on the same side. But five, six, 
you're separated. So mm-hmm. a lot of it's going to come down to like where where are they going to be separate? I mean, we're looking to March already. Where are they going to be in the bracket? Because exactly. if they start they start basically cannibalizing each other, um, you know that that kills the team record. But it also makes for a more exciting team race if you know they're they're right. beating each other in the quarters versus uh, you know that being finals all across the board. Well, and you also have to consider a team like Michigan or Oklahoma State, uh, Missouri, Virginia Tech. These teams, they all have horses that are going to come. You know, it's uh, Ohio State and Penn State are not going to cruise through this season. There are very tough contenders. Yes, they probably have the best lineups, but um, you know, there's, there's stiff competition around across the board, um, particularly high level competition. Well, like Michigan too, you you could, they could conceivably lose a couple dual meets along the way, even, even no matter how good their lineup is. And, you know, they, they could, they could conceivably on paper get beat handily in a dual meet by Ohio state, Penn state and be right there and be like, and then with the tournament format, not really have to navigate either of those two teams. Right. And if, if they're cannibalizing each other, Michigan's on the other side, just picking up wins, picking up wins. I mean, they, you can almost go through an entire tournament without wrestling a guy from another one of those teams and, and outpointing them. So, you know, one of the, the nuances of the tournament format. So it leaves a team like Michigan out there very dangerous. So uh, a team like Oklahoma State with, with some unproven people in the lineup and, and some JUCO guys that they're, they're looking to. So uh, it's... Uh, could be it's you know one of these years where the Big Ten typically it's like, okay yeah you know they're the best this year it's really going to be worth watching as you said could be the greatest college wrestling season of all time crickets <laughs> let me give you let me give you some perspective from the athletes right so I talked to Rutherford Snyder and Dean Heil um, look at you big shot smarty fans a couple weeks ago well I just want to want to give you what they're thinking okay wait you did it you did an article and got quotes from athletes right. It's like awesome. I, I picked up a phone and called Imagine them, that. you know, and was like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know? So, uh, from, from Kyle Snyder's perspective, I kind of tweeted, I tweeted this out a couple days ago, but from his perspective, he said that he believes that Ohio state has the 10 best wrestlers, um, that you could put on any team in the NCAA this year, you know, top to bottom, kind of like what we were saying. Um, you know, and he thinks race between us and Penn state, other schools are good. Uh, but they don't have the firepower that Penn State and Ohio State have. That's what he said. Um, but, you know, they see it as a challenge. They're really excited about it. And his quote was, I think it's going to be the greatest team race in the history of wrestling. Which, you know, that adds a, a lot of flavor to the... Making me, making me look at my team races here real quick, because I've got all this stuff. Let's see. Where's that? There was one year where it was like half a point, or three quarters of a point back in the old... As I quickly glance through this, was it the Iowa State, Iowa? Uh, let's see, or is it the Arizona State year? One of these was super close. Well, let me let me go on uh, with Rutherford real quick while you're looking that up. Uh, half a point, 1978. Half a point? Iowa, 94 and a half, Iowa State, 94. Okay. That's exciting. So that would be, uh, you know, 39 years. Right. Well, we're talking a long time since we've had a season like this. I wasn't born yet, so yeah, that is a long time. <laughs> I definitely wasn't born yet. So from Rutherford's perspective, you know, when I was talking to him, he had an interesting way of thinking about this. Uh, he said that repeating just has to do with how you look at it, right? Um, so his his thought was that a lot of people, if they've done something before, if they've won something before, they'll do the same thing to get that result. 
But he said that's not how Penn State's going about this. They have to do different things, more things than what they were doing last year because they already won it. You know, and, and normally from Penn State, you're getting the, the pretty similar answers across the board. Oh, we're just going to go out there, we're going to have fun, we're going to do our thing, and, and whatever happens, happens. But it's conscious in their minds. Um, his quote was, if you're always doing the same things, then you're not really growing. And he thinks Penn State is doing a good job of continuing to learn and keep growing, finding out new things, um, and really not thinking about repeating as it's another opportunity for us and to take advantage of that, right? So um, that was, I thought, interesting from Rutherford. You know, it's we got to do different things to get back to where we want to get to because they are the hunted, if we're being honest, um, and, they, and they can't be complacent. So that was a good perspective from Zane, I think. Um, and then from Dean Heil's perspective, this is also really interesting. Um, he said the difference for him this year and, and any other year he's been at Oklahoma State is uh, the fact that they're not being talked about. And he likes that. You know, they're not number one in the country like they were last year or number two, however you want to look at it. I mean, we've talked more about Michigan already than we have Oklahoma State. Currently in the exactly. Bluemeet standings, Oklahoma State's the third-ranked team in the country, not Michigan. Right, and, and – you know, Heil said that it helps us in the sense that they're not getting as much attention. They're going to be able to focus more, not deal with the externalities of everything. Um, but he said at the same time, they have to step up because they have unproven guys. You know, they're really going to have to work for it. They're going to have to lean on each other, um, grow more as a team, as a unit, you know, instead of like focusing on the individual goals. Um, but he said, I do believe we are a lot closer than any team we've had in the past. And that's without Joe Smith in the lineup. Right. So that's, I think that's something to be said uh, when Dean Heil is saying that about this team. Can we go off on a, on a brief Dean Heil tangent just for a minute? You want to talk? Please. You know, I, I, I kind of alluded, alluded, alluded to that earlier with like that whole worst ever, you know. Did you ask him at all about how many times people are going to pick against him? I mean, I'm done. I'm done picking against yeah. him. Now, I don't think. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he drops a match this year, but I know I know that you know when I write in that bracket, usually you know you you put in you get the brackets, you print them out, all twenty clean pages, and some weights you just write the champ's name on the on the line that's underneath champion, and then fill your bracket out the rest of the way. Yep. I'm doing that for Dean Heil this year. Just I'm sick, you know. I I thought he would get up upended last year, and you know, I mean we're talking about a guy that you know is as as a you know I, I remember seeing you know. Chris Picotti beat him at the NCAA championship season. He's a freshman. I'm like, that's still kind of in the back of my mind some ways, but he's, he doesn't lose the big ones. I'm done picking against Dean Heil. I agree. I everybody should, everybody should be. So what Dean said, I, I did talk to him about this. And if you remember, I did a podcast with him uh, after he won the NCAA title. So we definitely got into some of that talk, the chip on the shoulder kind of thing, people doubting him. He talks about that a lot in the podcast. It was a really good interview with Dean. Um, but when I talked to him recently, he recognizes, he said he recognizes that he has to do more, right? That's what he said. First thing he said to me, when it all comes down to it, I just have to do more. It's that plain and simple. He said, every year I've had to step it up a notch because every year there's been more and more of a target on my back. So with Dean, he is very cognizant. This is his senior year. He sees those 16 three-time NCAA champions for Oklahoma State. He knows the number. There's 16 of them. He wants to be 17. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, you know, he recognizes it's the deepest weight class, most likely. Um, 
you know, his words were, I have to remain humble. I have to remain ready to work every day and put in those extra workouts. It's going to require me to do more than I have over the last two years combined. Um, but he feels like he's doing that. So he's excited. I mean, that's, that's the vibe I got from Dean. He's really ready to rock. Um, you know, he, he takes it a little personal from these, uh, as he should, man. Yeah. Everybody's been picking against him forever, you know, myself included. Even the new rule, the the new scrambling rule, he takes that personal. People are trying in his mind to keep him from winning a national title, and he's not going to let it happen. I just don't, I just don't see it. Uh, he's a re- he's a great wrestler, right? He does not get the respect he deserves. Um, so, like you, I will not be picking against Dean Heil. Okay, so who do you think is the wrestler that will give him the biggest fit, though? The, the one wrestler you think is probably most capable of knocking him off. The one most capable, I would probably say, since we've seen him wrestle all the top contenders, basically, I would I would have to pick someone he hasn't wrestled before. Hmm. See, I would lean towards somebody who has wrestled before than somebody that's actually beaten him before. That's not a very long list. Yeah, yeah, I got that. But um, I think Kevin Jack's the only guy that really can. I mean, you know, people can talk about McKenna, but yeah. okay, I the, think McKenna's going to struggle with uh, holding the weight all season. And you know, even though he does have better practice partners and he's in 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 a, in a good situation, if you can say a better practice better, better practice partners than you know, oh, I don't know, Jamil Kelly who is Olympic silver, but I just think the the, the weight might be a little bit much towards the end of the year to carry all year. And I think you know, Kevin Jack is. He's a lanky guy. He can he can scramble with Heil. I think he's the only guy that I think has got the best shot at knocking off me and Dean this year. Yeah, if you would ask me who are the two best guys right now in the weight class, Dean Heil, number one, Kevin Jack, number two, that's your forecasted NCAA final. It's going to be a great match. You know, one way or the other, it'll be a great match. Um, I'm not counting out Yanni D, though. That's oh, what, man, we haven't even talked about our freshmen yet. Yeah, do you want to get into that? That's he's my one freshman to watch. I mean, everybody's got, you know, they got Spencer Lee and they got, you know, Nick Lee and, and all those. I'm the two I'm really wanting to watch the most are, are Yanni D and and, uh, and Chad Red. Those are probably the two guys I want to watch the most this year. Right. And it's funny saving Spencer Lee if he doesn't get his red shirt pulled. It's funny because we and talked Dayton about 141 reason. being the deep, deep, deepest weight class. Mm-hmm. The freshman that we're going to talk about 141. I mean, that's the best core group of freshmen coming in with Yanni, Chad Red, Nick Lee that, that you already mentioned that could really play key roles in whatever happens from a Dean Heil going for three standpoint or a team title standpoint. Um, because you have Nick Lee at 141, who is an unknown at this point. We know he's good, but we haven't seen him tested at the Division One level yet. And, uh, they still got Cortez there. So, yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's their guy for a, the time being for sure that he's coming out of red shirt. Um, and then you have, uh, Ohio state, you mentioned McKenna, you know, with this being a deep weight class, we saw it last year with McKenna. Yeah. He didn't place after finishing third the year before. Yeah. I think moving to Ohio state will help him remain consistent. And, uh, mainly from a mentality standpoint, I think it's going to help McKenna just being around guys like Snyder, and Turvell and and those guys just have really solid heads on their shoulders, and I don't think McKenna will um, have the same fluctuation that he did last year. Um, but yeah, 141 could go so far in determining who wins the the team race, as well as we're interested in that three time uh, 
national champion dynamic with Dean Heil. So, I mean, Yanni is the one I'm most excited to watch. I don't care who comes out of red shirt. I don't care what's going on. I want to see my boy Yanni just because we're homies, you know, but he is, he's really freaking good. Really good. I saw him win a world title in Tbilisi. Homies. Yeah, we're homies. You know, you got that's some, cool. Well, you're still in your twenties. You can be homies with, I'm with homies with Yanni. teenagers. Yeah, and, you, can be, uh, you can be homies with teenagers. You know, Yanni, if you've ever talked to Yanni, um, I'm sure you've talked to him a little bit, but he's, briefly, briefly. But when you talk to him, he's just got like Snyder, you know, the mind for it. You know, he's he's analyzing everything and he's. Um, just trying to get better. What can I work on? After he won his world title, he wasn't satisfied. You know, cadet world title it was the second one. He's like, man, I, I, uh, yeah, I won, but I was sh- taking outside shots and I wasn't clearing the ties, and I'm not going to finish those shots against the next level. So I have to get better. And he's thinking this as a what, 15 year old, or not 15? Uh, yeah, no, he would have been 17, well, 16. Yeah, 16 year old. Yeah, U- um, U.S. U.S. actual age 16, not right. Not cadets from Kerplakistan. Exactly, exactly. So um, I'm really excited to watch Yanni. Obviously, Spencer Lee. We know he's fantastic. Um, I I can tell you that if he comes out, he will be an instant contender for the national title. I've seen him quite a bit in the practice room. He can go with anyone in the country. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Same with Dayton Fix. Um but I doubt Dayton Fix comes out. It would, it would, it would. Something would have to happen to Pitchinini for that to right, happen. And exactly. Unfortunately, we've we've seen it happen because it's not like a situation where, uh, you know, when that one year where, where John Smith pulled Coleman Scott and Nathan Morgan, and right. because they they had bodies that were decent at twenty five and thirty three, they didn't have bodies that were going to score a whole lot of. I mean, I think those guys. I can't remember who they who they had starting at the weight, but I think they might have been ranked eighth or ninth. And had taken a couple losses, and then they they insert these guys in, and then okay, all of a sudden your team is a lot better. I mean, it was a, a marked improvement right away. The, the differences between Fix and, and Piccinini right now in terms of placement aren't that aren't that distant in far as far as team scores go. Right. I mean, the difference maybe maybe they place the same or roughly the same bonus points maybe would be a difference, no. but not that much, right? I mean, the the the, the range from first to fourth. It's, I mean, it's a gap, but it's not, I don't know. It's, it's not, well, we got a guy that was fourth and then we got Dayton fix. Well, let's just hang out a year. Then you guys can get fat when, when, when Dean Heil finally says, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple other guys I'm just looking at, uh, Taylor Lamont. He's obviously had a lot of success at the, uh, age group levels Won Fargo about 17 times. He's been on four straight world teams. He's wrestled for a medal at four straight world championships. In Greco, uh, he, yeah, he he's at Utah Valley. So I am curious to see how Taylor Lamont progresses. Um, another guy, Ryan Deacon, he'll be at 149, Junior World Silver. He's a guy that I think a lot of people didn't really know about until he um, got that Junior World berth. And then, you know, he beat Yanni at the uh, UWW Juniors to to even get on the team, right? So he's at that level. He's really good. Made the world finals. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Alex Marinelli North, will be interesting. Yeah, North, Northwestern also has another freshman to keep an eye on. Sebastian Rivera at 125. He actually placed, I think, third at the Midlands last year as a true freshman. He was redshirting. Actually kind of uh, outperformed the starter. 
even though the starter during the seeding meeting actually had the had the the pin over Freddie Rodriguez, so he had to basically seed the guy that wasn't as good, even though he's a starter because he had a ranked win. It was just it was it was it was wacky. But uh, you know, Deacon's a guy that's getting a lot of the talk at Northwestern. I think Sebastian Rivera is a guy that can also shake things up. Uh, you know, maybe slide in there at a seventh seventh eighth place this year as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, and yeah, that, you know, that's that's really all the freshmen I wrote down. I mean, there's a couple other. I mean, Jacob Warner, Iowa, he's great. Is he going to come out? Is he not going to come out? I think we just have to sort of wait and see. With the yeah, freshmen. we got to wait on Iowa with, with uh, you know, PD3. Is he going to actually, right. you know, he just tweeted he was eligible. What that means, I don't know. I mean, does that mean he's going to, I mean, we still got like three weeks left to go in the semester. So <laughs> it's like that whole upper half of the Hawkeye lineup is is basically, you know, questioning on does Mr. Downey, you know, show up in Iowa City ready to go. It's going to affect where Holloway goes. It's going to affect where Cash Wilkie goes. It's going to affect where Warner's at. I mean, it's just, it's an interesting. We didn't even talk about that, um, that in our pregame. I mean, like, what what the Pat Downey factor this year too. That's right. I mean, that's that's a story that's been, I guess, building for years. That's an interesting thing. I mean, I I don't want to put. You're putting the the most hated heel already in in the in a Hawkeye singlet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like gasoline. I mean, that's great. Fire. That's great for wrestling, if you ask me. <laughs> I love it for wrestling. Um, I'm just I'm not going to base anything that I going to say about this season on Pat Downey because I don't know. I just don't know. He is the ultimate X factor. You know, I mean. When I'm picking my 184, well, he would be 197. Again, right? it, de- it what doesn't we don't know what weight he's yeah. got. It depends on where Wilkie, Holloway, and yeah, you know, Warren, all those guys. If I'm go. picking those weights, I'm not even considering Downey in the field when I make these picks because right. I because just got to be know. on a team first. He's got to be on a team first. Yeah. Officially. So, yeah, Pat Downey. You know, I think that's the extent he gets on this show for this episode. Now we do the second semester, and he's in the lineup in Iowa City. All bets go. are off. There you go. Um, <laughs> So we've hit the hour mark. Do you want to hit predictions? Um, I think we can go through and, and tie yeah, we up. Can any... breeze, we can breeze through that because yeah. I think we've covered enough things that are a little different from uh, you know what's already out there. It's not like we're, we're shaping our opinions based on uh, what's, what's already there. But you know, a lot of the things that are out there, we kind of already agree with. So yeah, we're just yeah. trying, to, trying to give you a different flavor of Kool-Aid. Uh, this is or a different flavor of Gatorade. I'm going to go lemon ice on you. Um, actually somebody threw out, I think Kevin Black threw out iced tea Gatorade was like his favorite flavor. Yeah. They have the lemonade even... iced tea and that ice lemonade, iced tea, lemonade Gatorade. I can't tell you last time I drank a Gatorade. Yeah. I like the, uh, the melon is a good one. If you're looking for an unusual, you know, not running the fierce Gatorade. melon. Was that it? Or was it melon no, it's rain? Just, it's just melon. I like the rain flavors, but they weren't really that, that we could, we could, we should do a show basically breaking down the 10 questions I have on short time on short time and you and your rapid fire and yeah. see how long we can go on just those 20 questions. <laughs> 20 Actually, questions. it's probably like 17 because I think some of them are kind of the same. But you know all right. I, I really want to do a fan Q&A. I just don't know if we'll get enough interaction. So if you're listening, you've made it to the hour point. If you want to do a Q&A episode with me, maybe Jason on the show, just do Twitter questions. Yeah. Like, think about Foley's mailbag on crack. I mean, and Mike, Mike C not eligible. We we have some access <laughs> that, that nobody else has. We do, yeah. So if if you want to do that, if that's an interesting thing for you, let me know and we can make something happen because there are a lot of times where maybe I don't get a guest for the week and I have a free hour. I don't have time, but I have a free hour. Let's 
let's turn the mics on and roll. You know, there's Richard and I have been discussing uh, somewhat uh, on our own time, maybe doing a show that may have something to do with a little bit of wrestling, but maybe a lot of this other BS that we like to talk about. So yeah, um, any opportunity that Richard and I have to like talk wrestling to, to fill gaps in the, uh, the schedule, because I mean, we've put out over 300 episodes on the network. It's not like we're starred for content, but Hey, out there, you got questions. Yeah, it's like, what's that? Well, you've got questions, we've got answers. What is that? What company is that? I don't even know. Um, I don't even watch TV anymore. Yeah, I don't really either. Just football. Boomer Sooner. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Boomer Sooner. <laughs> final predictions for. Right, final predictions. We'll, we'll go weight by weight, uh, then talk about the team. Um, and we also had the one uh, two years ago when we started this. We had the dark or like the guy you're most looking forward yeah. to see wrestling. And it wasn't based on it, whether you're not the, like, I remember mine was Brooks Clemens because I was curious on what was going to happen. Well, that didn't really end well, either your alma mater or mine. No. So uh, that's an example. I mean, you, you talk about who was a number one ranked guy coming out of high school. There was, there was, I was interested to see not how I expected him to do well. It was just, I was expecting him to see. So let's throwing that, 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 you know, asterisk out there before we even get to our, what are we most interested in seeing? So, sure. picks time. Picks time. Let's, uh... We go reverse order? Yeah, let's go... Let's go reverse order. Let's start with Kyle Snyder. I mean, 285. <laughs> Kyle Snyder. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Snyder, pretty much. Uh, okay, is... uh, how about this? I mean, it, if some of these weights are going to be so chalk, I mean, maybe... Uh, the, the, the low ranked guy or guy you not heard of that, that you, that you think has got a good shot to place this year. Yeah, I, I, I will get to that. Let me spice it up about Kyle Snyder a little bit. I don't think people realize what kind of history he can make this year for Ohio state specifically is what I'm talking about outside of initiating the pin chain. Um, so Ohio state only has three, four time NCAA all Americans ever. They only have one guy who's won three national titles. Okay. So, and they have one Hodge Trophy winner. So Kyle Snyder could conceivably do all of those things and really uh, cement himself even further, you know, if that's even possible in Ohio State lore. Um, so, do you know the three four-time NCAA All-Americans for Ohio State? Three four-time All-Americans for Ohio State. Well, Logie Bear. Yep. He's also the three-time national champ, obviously. Yeah, so let's see. And the Hodge Trophy winner. Lance Lance Palmer. There you go. Hmm. I'm saying, okay, now from an era standpoint, are we talking old school or are we talking No, everything is after the year 2000. So uh, I'm going uh, to guess Mitch Clark. No, Tommy Rollins. Tommy, oh, how do I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> two, one, oh, I see, what do you go? 2161. Yeah, 2001 to 2004, Tommy Rollins. And then, uh, yeah, Kyle He's Snyder a, will be the fourth on that list. So that's that's pretty cool. How did um, I blank on Tommy? Jeez. They only have five two-time national champs. Talking about Ohio State, which is, is kind of uh, surprising to me, right? What I may not know off the top of my head, I do have quick access to look up. So... <laughs> Hmm. Let's see if I can find them real quick. The two time and that does that does that count Steber? Yes, it counts Steber. Okay, so okay, well let's see. Well, Rollins is uh, as I said, he's he's got two. Yeah. Kevin Rand, the late Kevin Randleman. Yeah. Snyder. Yeah. Is that it? There's one more. He's currently on staff. Oh, Jaggers. Yeah. So those are the five guys. Who bring up another ODU loss, man. <laughs> just 
What's that, Nicholson? No, it was oh. Ryan Williams. Williams, Williams. Yeah, why did I think Nicholson? Because he was a two-time All-American okay. that wrestled Patterson in the seventh-eighth place match. Okay, well, that makes sense. Um, Break another ODU. You got to bring up. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there um, for Kyle Snyder. He he really does. And two one one one. That's a phenomenal career, and and uh, we all expect him to cap it off in that manner. You asked for someone who could come out of nowhere, out of the blue. Um. Gosh, that's hard to say. Like, say somebody that would be maybe seated 13 through unseated that could, could crash the party in yeah, place. Maybe like a Thomas Haynes type. Um, I don't know. We saw it with Conan Jennings last year. You know, he had a solid run to the round of 12. Uh, Derek White, Oklahoma State, perhaps. Yeah, he's, 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 he's got a buzz this, this week after beating yeah. oh, uh, oh. Haynes. Jordan Wood. Jordan Wood, freshman, Lehigh. That's my guy. He's a Cadet World Silver medalist. Solid get and solid kid. You know, he he'll he will be on the cusp of the uh you know blood round, all American rounds. That's where I see Jordan Wood at for heavy. Yeah, Hoster's Mike Hughes is getting a lot of chatter because he pins a lot of people, but I uh, I'm gonna go with um Yusuf Hamida out of Maryland yeah, as, a, as a guy one. that could crash the party because he's got the you know, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Granted, Maryland's had uh limited success recently, but uh Yusuf he's I've actually had him on, on the old show that I had with with Maryland and uh Nice kid, and you know he's a guy that's got got some talent. I think can crash the party yeah. in that uh, mix things up. All right, backwards to ninety seven. Ninety seven. My pick is Colin Moore, Ohio State. He's obviously the preseason number one. Uh, really turned it on last year after making the junior world team. I don't know if people remember he finished what eighth, seventh or eighth at the UWW Junior Nationals. Then a month later, he made the junior world team. Then he wrestled at the Junior World Championships, and then he just whipped everybody's can uh, throughout the season, you know. Um, so I really like Colin Moore. That said, I think he's one of these guys that is not invincible, uh, you know, when it comes to when we say is it as straightforward or chalk as we seem, as it seems. I mean, yeah, I'm look, I'm looking at these rankings, and I'm like, okay, could he beat him? And could he beat him? It's like the only the only one here that's really kind of making me scratch my head is probably Willie Miklas because, you know, he's up a weight. He was off the mat all last year. It's like, is he the guy? Because he's wrestled – Moore's wrestled hot a bunch of times. So it's like, it's – is Willie Miklas the guy that can, that can you know – Perhaps. That's, I mean, I, he's the only one that I'm really like, man. Well, you know, maybe, maybe. maybe a Preston Weigel if Preston Weigel can not give up takedowns and can turn him on top, maybe someone like him could take him. You're, you're asking a guy to not give up takedowns against a guy that has one of the best doubles in the world. I agree. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, it's uh, I think just looking at my list of who I am picking more is lower on the confidence meter than others, you know, but that said, I think he's the clear cut favorite and I would pick him to win if they wrestle this tournament a hundred times. So you know, Virginia Tech wrestles Missouri this weekend or within a, within a week, I think on the 25th at uh, the Art Center. So I'll know really quickly if if Willie Miklas is, is up to snuff uh, because I'm sitting there. Wondering, I was like, I'm just something about him at that weight class. Get, uh, yeah, it's like, could be, could he be the guy? I mean, do you want me? I'm going to go out. And, I mean, I think Moore is definitely the favorite. I think everybody knows that he's the one. He was third, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Just. 
I'll throw it out there. Give me Willie Miklas for the year. Just uh, that's also the uh, the half answer to the next question, but the uh, the full the other half of that would be uh, the Purdue kid Christian Bruner at to 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 kind of make a crash to the party. I'll support in re- that reference reference to your shirt right now. <laughs> I am wearing Purdue. Hashtag always aggressive. There you go. I'm a Purdue fan. Hashtag BDI. Let's move to 184. <laughs> All right, Burundi. <laughs> uh, ooh, I, 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 I. Another one that has huge implications on the team race, right? You have it depends on where they are in the bracket, man, and yeah. when they meet in the tournament. If if Bo Nickel and Miles Martin meet early, or if they meet late, that affects where I would pick them. Exactly. Um, I am picking Bo Nickel to win. I I'm gonna. I'm going to echo that sentiment as well. I think Bo is the better wrestler. I think Miles has Bo's number, knows how to beat him. That said, I think Nickel is the best wrestler in this weight class. Um, And I don't think that's really a question. Um, You know, maybe a guy like Rinda... I don't know. Did they wrestle a couple? He's years beaten. Ago? He beat Mar- He beat Martin at the uh, the Midlands last year. Right. Rinda's really tough. He's he's coming off a red shirt year. Uh, Abinator's coming off a red shirt year. Who hasn't placed yet? Too. He's exactly. He's he's dangerously hungry. Yeah. So this is a really strong weight class, top to bottom. Um, you know, I'm I'm picking nickel. Um, yeah. I mean, that's. Who's your Who's your X factor guy here, or your 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 party crasher? Am I allowed to say Zach Savatsky, who's never All-American? Yeah, and he's also coming off a loss to Ryan Price. And I think Zavatsky All-Americans this year, but I think he uh, he can give the top contenders all they want. You know, take someone out. He did. I guess he did beat Miles Martin last year. So the Cliff King. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Bryce Carr out of Chattanooga. Yeah, that's a good a one. Twelve thirteen seed last year. Uh, did win the uh, the Hokie Open. He had had a win over Renan, who had beaten Zavatsky. Uh, you know, Renan is is redshirting this year, and you know, Carr is a junior college All American at, at Darton State before they dropped the program before he ended up in Chattanooga. So he's a guy that you know. People asked me the other day. Actually, somebody asked me the other day. He's like, if I had, I've got two girls. Uh, they're not going to be wrestling Division One men's college wrestling. So uh, they said, well, if you had a son, where would you send him? And I said, you know, there's a couple places, but you know, Heath Esslinger or Chattanooga would be one of those coaches that regardless of, of the talent level, I would like to have, you know, anybody that I know would, you know, be fine wrestling for Heath and his staff there. So uh, that kind of makes you pull for a program like Chattanooga. Uh, so Bryce Carr is kind of the guy I'm, I'm looking more or less, not a sentimental pick because I really don't have a tie to Chattanooga in any way, shape or form other than I'm from a state that's bordering Chattanooga, but where I'm from is like 10 hours away from it. So uh, it's, uh, you know, Bryce Carr 84 is the guy party crasher there. Moving to 174, I think man, one of the most compelling <laughs> uh, weight classes that there is from the high-end talent perspective. I don't want to pick against anybody at this weight class. No. Well, the thing that's, that's interesting fair. is you have the top three, uh, Valencia Hall and, and Bojo, but you also have a guy like Daniel Lewis coming up, uh, moving up weight classes. How is he going to factor into this mix? Is he going to be in that you know top three discussion with – with those guys and his ability on top is something that Valencia Hall and Jordan have not. I mean, they we, all you know struggle where, with. well, Jordan is notably known for 
quote unquote having struggles on bottom for a guy that doesn't get put on bottom very much. I think that's a little overblown. But yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Zahid and Hall are, are freestyle masters, so they're they're much more comfortable on their feet. I think Hall rides a little better than uh, than Valencia does. But I mean, you're gonna get a guy like Lewis on top of you. You saw him; he rode out Daringer. So I mean, it's like. So who you pick? That's a dynamic. That's a dynamic that could make things interesting at this weight class. Who you picking, Jamie? I'm pick. Um, you know, you know when you say winners win, and usually there's an easy answer to that. In this weight class, there's not. I, I'm gonna go Mark Hall. That's that's who I'm picking as well. I think Hall gets it done in crunch time. Every time, sixty percent of the time works. Every time. Mark Hall. Yeah, I get your reference. Yeah. So that's My leather-bound books are, are behind me. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, there's... We could do a whole episode about these three guys. Yeah, that's, uh, that's who I'm picking. If there's one guy I think that really can throw a wrench in things, it's Daniel Lewis moving up a weight class. And, um, you know, outside of that, really, those are your top four guys. You got a party crasher here? Uh, maybe Jacoby yeah. Smith. We haven't really seen him at this level. Juco guy going to Oklahoma State. I'd like to see what he's all about. I mean, yeah, I had the win over uh, Brunson last year. What was it, Lindenwood or Mary or the Coffin Brand? One of those opens. Yeah. So I think there's some upside there. I'd like to see how he performs. Um, but nothing to me. It's it's about these top. Four guys, in my opinion. So that's, that's. I think I think Keaton Subject out of Stanford's the only guy I could see kind of there. I mean, there's there's good guys there, but I don't see yeah. like I'm looking through the rankings and that, you know, nine to twelve. Taylor Luan, you know, solid kid, just a, you know, beastly. Got taken in overtime by an NAI guy last week. One that actually Nomad had to look up. He actually admitted <laughs> to not knowing knowing about the kid or Baker University. So. <laughs> Um, anyway. That's good. Okay, one sixty-five. I am going to take. Uh, I'm going Imar. I'm going Imar as well. Um, does see, he beat Joseph in the final though? Does he beat Joseph in the final? I think uh, no. You I, think it's going to be Logan Mass in the final? I will tell you. I think it is going to be Chandler Rogers, Chad Walsh. No, Austin Matthews, Logan Massa, Chance Logan Massa. <laughs> I'm just going through all. The Logan Massa. Um, yeah, I think Massa is the second that, best guy. That's safe what. to say that Marstellar is the party crasher here. Yeah, I think so. As of as of right now, as of right now, we don't really know. I mean, we know how good he is. I mean, a guy who's qualified for the world team trials is good. Okay, Isaiah White. He's another guy. Yeah, I'm interested in unknown D2 champ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely all of the above. Marinelli's in there. Kind of want to see how he does, but I'd put him at the the second tier, you know, of that group. Um, so yeah, let's move to 157. Uh, let's punch through these bad boys. I think Jason Nolf. You got Nolf. This one, uh, this this one probably has the highest level of confidence here. Like if you know, even even with Zane at 49, I think looking at comparing the fields at 49 to 57, I think this is the this is the one weight I think that that. I if I had to pick outside of Kyle Snyder as my for sure champ, I think Jason Alf is my 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 number two. 
out of that. Well, I mean, it's it's almost be it's like 2.1, 2.2 with with him in, in Rutherford. But I just think the field of 49 is better than the field of 57. So a lot a lot less mines for for Nolf to try to navigate through. Is there a guy that could go with him? <sighs> I mean, uh, how does Michael uh, Jordan know, do against him? Nolf's well, not the same as Rutherford. And probably the better question is how does Josh Shields do? Because my, Shields is just coming off a win over, over, uh, sure. uh, over Mikey's. Uh, sure, Mikey, but uh, styles. I'm Mikey. talking stylistically here. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't mean, think I've seen enough of Josh Shields to to accurately say he can go with Nolf. That's true. It's it's also a West Coast guy. They're not going to see each other. So you know, again, people are high on Richie Lewis because he had that that, that great U twenty threes. Spent the year off the mat last year. Uh, kids fearless doesn't really care what people say or think about him. That's the only thing that makes him dangerous. But I, I don't think anybody here is, you know, he's he's how much how many points better than than Lavalley? Who's the number two? Right, right. <laughs> it's that's what I'm saying. Nolf Nolf's a guy. Uh, One forty nine. I'm taking. Who's mixing it? Who's mixing it up? That's the thing. Who's gonna <laughs> exactly? Hidley, Hidley. The guy that the party crasher. Oh, at, at the party crasher. Uh, yeah. Hayden, Hayden Hidley or Larry Early. How about that? Throw my Homer pick in there. Yeah, Larry Early. I like the Larry Early idea actually. Well, he's all, he already lost to Fine Silver, so maybe Fine Silver's another guy. Fine Silver's up there. I mean, he's already up there. Which what, there's, what about you know, Jake there's Short? Fine, Is Jake Short all American yet? No. How about Jake Short? He looked a little sluggish last week. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it's the first week of the year. Can't hold anything. Got to, got to, got to score some more points. But yeah, how about this real quick? A sidebar as far as Define Silver's goes. There's gonna be like four of them in the starting lineup. I don't think that's ever happened in college wrestling. There's been three Lafevers make the NCAA finals in Division three, but and there are three Brickers that wrestled at Campbell way back in the day. Uh, they were in dual meets. It was like, oh, Joey, Andy, and Adam Bricker. Yeah. Anyway, forty nine Rutherford. Yeah, I'm taking Zane Train as well. Um, yeah, no one, no one's touching him. Um, Mixing it up, I'm going to go Elazar Deluca Rutgers. Rutgers, huh? I think for 149. Curious to see how Kaladzic does up the weight. Um, curious about Keyshawn Hayes, uh, but my guy Ryan Deacon. I got to go Ryan Deacon. I think that's the guy to to watch out for at 49. Um, moving to 141. Dean Heil. We both said Heil. We've explained a lot about 141 already. Um, and I, I th- and I think our mix it up guy is probably going to be the same too, right? Yanni. Yanni. Yeah, it's got to be Yanni. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's pretty – that's another pretty straightforward one. We've hit 33 quite a bit today as well. This might be the one we switch it up. I don't know. I'm taking Seth Gross. Who do you got? I, I'm going to go Cade Brock. Just, You're going Brock? It's, it's – it's, uh, you know, I know Gross has got that, you know – success over him it's just a gut feeling even even with the loss of scotty parker okay mix it up guy mix it up guy 133 hmm. Luke Pletcher. i have two i have two and they're both kind of homerish oh i like play i like that play yeah i like that pletcher who is you know coming in as a, as a low rank guy right now yeah i mean he's he's low he'll clearly move up the ranks um you know i i mean i like pletcher i like the mckee Dynamic, as I was talking about earlier. Um, 
Actually, there's three guys down low that I, I kind of like here to mix things up. Yeah, well, go for it. Well, Corey Keener, yeah. healthy, grad transfer at Penn State. Dennis Gustafson, Virginia Tech, holding the weight. Didn't qualify last year, but he's, he's just vicious on top. And then Caleb Richardson, another homer pick, grad transfer from Penn at Old Dominion. Had that win, remember, over A.J.'s shop at the NCAAs a couple years ago. He's going to be on a limited schedule. He's not going to be going through all these uh, – uh, tournaments and, and grinding up. He's going to pretty much be wrestling dual meets and in, in the events that he needs to do. Uh, he's probably outside of Utah Valley kids, the, uh, the oldest wrestler in division one, I, I think Caleb's 26 and I've known him since he was about two. So a uh, little bit of a, a Homer pick there. Yeah. Um, I like, and he's that. got some, he's got some credentials to, to, to justify me saying such. Let's look all at right. 125. Another one of these uh, contested weight classes that, Probably have some variation, but for me, it's Nathan Tomasello. Assuming the weight cut is good, he's healthy the whole year, he's feeling strong at, at 125 come March. I like Nathan Tomasello. I think he's the best guy in the weight. I really don't want to pick Tomasello because I don't want to pick against Cruz. But at the same point, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go Tomasello. Going NATO as well. So mix it up, guy. Mix it up, guy. <laughs> 25. Uh, well, Ryan Milhoff's coming back off a red shirt. That's the guy to watch out for. Um, you know, Zeke Moisey is coming back, NCAA finalist. So that's another guy to watch Not out had for. A, yeah, hasn't had a great week to start either. Right. Losing to Lamont twice and Gramacki. We've had a couple freshmen really come out and look solid in the first couple weeks already. Louis Hayes at Virginia. Taylor Lamont, who I talked about earlier at Utah Valley, those two guys, you know, great. You mentioned Rivera as well from Northwestern. Yeah, he's Rivera's going to be my mix-it-up guy or my yeah. uh, party crasher. Yeah. So if I'm picking one, I'm picking Lamont, but I'm curious about this weight class. I, I can't get this out of my head. Every time you say Lamont, I'm just thinking of Red Fox and Sanford and Son. Lamont, Lamont, I'm having a heart attack. Elizabeth, I'm coming to see you. you. You might be a little too young for Sanford I am. and Son. I am too young for that. I know what it Greatest is though. One of the greatest theme songs in television history. <laughs> Lamont, Lamont, I'm having a heart attack. That's all I could just think about. So, Taylor Lamont, I'm going to say that at NCAA championships. Taylor Lamont giving us a heart attack. Elizabeth, he's coming to see you. Brian Hazard, you out there listening? That's going to be on our, never mind. You don't know Sashimi. Sashimi. Nobody knows about that. Anyway, that is. They it? do now. So, yeah, that I ends drop. our individual picks. Uh, we only differed at 133 and 197, so um, pretty straightforward we from where we suck. Well, what are you going to do? You're not going to pick against Snyder and Rutherford and Wolf. I mean, you're not going to pick against them. Um, I mean, they've they've allowed facial hair as long as they don't allow like weapons. I mean, if they I mean, if nunchucks are in the fray, I think uh, you know Coon's reach advantage might might <laughs> might help him with some that some of that. But right, um, okay. So they, team, till they allow team Ninja race. Turtle weapons, who are you picking for I'm, your team? National champs. Penn State. You're picking Penn State? I'm picking Penn State. Close? Not close? It's going to be close. It's going to be close? It can't, not, it can't not be close. All right. I'm going to pick Ohio State. I'm going to go Penn State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Missouri. Okay. I'll go Ohio State. I don't know why Missouri at five, but I'm just putting them in there. I'll go Ohio State, Penn State, Oklahoma State, Michigan. That's where I'm going. Then five, right. I don't know, Missouri. Um, well, they don't get a trophy anyway. Who cares? Right, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess we haven't really talked who our Hodge 
picks are early season Hodge picks. Dude, that's another episode entirely. Right. So we could argue like like it's the, it's exactly what's going to happen as last year, except worse. Four guys. Yeah, worse because they're all back and they're all going to have more that many more titles. Yes. So and then your Seth your Seth Gross PR campaign is going to be factored in. <laughs> let me let me give you the contenders just to give people a feel. So I think Gross is a contender. I think Heil is a contender. I think Rutherford. I think Nolf. I think Imar. I think Nickel. And I think Snyder. That gives you seven guys. And I think you're going to knock Snyder off the list just because of lack of matches. I am not going to knock him off the list. I know, I know, but I'm saying because, you know, it's it's it takes all those things into consideration. Not enough matches. Heil's going to be knocked off for not enough bonus points. Theoretically, unless Theoretically. he does a point machine, because uh, he really he probably shouldn't have been on any Hodge lists last year, even though because his bonus point percentage was significantly lower than the rest of the field. So then you got the the horses at Penn State, the three there, Imar, Imar, who picks up a good amount of tech falls. He doesn't he's not as proficiently pinning people as much as uh, the Penn State trio is, but and and Gross. So who's at South Dakota State? Correct. Who thankfully with South Dakota state in the big 12 for wrestling gives him a beefier schedule than say when South Dakota state was in the Western wrestling conference. And he's like, Oh, well he's wrestling, you know, Utah Valley air force, Wyoming versus Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, and, and you know, Iowa state. So it's, and let's be that's honest, that's going to help him a little it's bit. Not it's not like it's a power conference, but it's not a power power school. Correct. It's not a power power school, but to me that doesn't matter one iota. And, we're going to get to see enough of him this year to be able to make that determination uh, one way or another. Right. Um, okay. So I don't know. Do you got anything else on the Hodge? We can do some closing remarks. Um, any final, uh, thoughts? I have a, I have a, a sports illustrative Dan Hodge right behind me signed by Dan Hodge. That's good. Um, that's uh, I got a picture of Dan Hodge signing the SI of Dan Hodge. So that's my, my Dan Hodge. And but, he's uh, he has, he has nearly broken my hand before. And he's, he's, he's an Oklahoma Sooner. So while we're on the Hodge, let me let me close out. I want to do an IMR appreciation segment because I think he is being lost by the wayside a little bit, um, at least in the preseason thus far. You know, there's a lot of talk about Penn State, Ohio State, Snyder, Snyder, Rutherford, Nolf, Nickel, all these guys. Um, I'm going to talk about IMR a little bit. So in the history of Illinois, they've only had 23 NCAA champions, right? They have had um, four two-time NCAA champions, including IMR. Okay. Do you know those four? Are you tired of me asking you questions? Yeah, because you're putting me on the spot. Okay. So, I mean, okay, Joe Sapora. Okay. I would have totally not gotten that one. Bob Norman, Jesse Delgado, and Isaiah Would have gotten that one. Okay. okay. So those are the, the two-timers in Illinois history. They've never had a three-time national champion. Okay. Um, they have never had a four-time NCAA All-American. They have never had a Hodge Trophy winner. So for another reason that this can be the greatest NCAA season of all time, we can see Illinois, a traditionally strong Big Ten program, um, you know, dating back to the beginning stages, their first national, two-time national champ, he won his title in 29 and 30. I am so happy that you have taken this historical thing <laughs> – and put it on your plate because, you know, 
I, I'm basically serving now as almost one of the de facto historians for the Hall of Fame because, you know, our, our greats are leaving us. So I'm just happy somebody in their 20s is stepping up as well to appreciate how historically relevant these things are because you know what's going to happen, Richard, is you're going to get some props on this at the NCAA championships when it happens because Brian Hazard and myself, who are confirmed now to announce our third straight NCAA Division I championships, we're also doing D3s, by the way. Hey, well, guess what? We win second prize. We got two weeks in Cleveland. But we, <laughs> I really hope the NCAA is not listening to this. But uh, those type of facts, Richard, you're gonna get you're gonna get your, your your plugs because you've done the work and you've looked them up, and we're gonna be happy to say things like that. Because when Imar steps to the top of the podium, if he does, we can say for the first time, or when you know Kyle Snyder steps to the podium, we can say certain things that have never happened before. So, Richard, thank you for doing this legwork, man. It's, it's made my life a lot easier. So that's and thank you for editing this show because I'm not doing this for short time. This is all bonus points. <laughs> all bonus points, yeah. So that's my that's my thought. I want us to take into account what we are seeing this season. We've talked about the history, all the individual titles we're going to see. Um, appreciate what you are being involved in this year. We could have the best team race we've ever seen. We could have the most three-timers wrestling in one season that we've ever seen. Imar, I just mentioned, all the firsts. He's going to go down as the greatest wrestler in the history of Illinois. Um and who who knows what happens after this? How are we going to look at this field when we start taking into account world teams, world medals, something like we did with the 1983 bunch, uh, you know, earlier with the, the Olympic medalists in that group. It's fascinating. And I just think as a wrestling fan, you, you said it earlier, there's no better time to be a wrestling fan. And um, just, just realize you're watching history. That's my plug. That's my final point. I leave the floor to you for, for any closings. <laughs> That's my final thought. Take care of yourselves and everybody. Oh, is that Jerry Springer? <laughs> That's all I got. I don't really have any other than um, there are some things outside of Division One that I think uh, I implore the wrestling community to pay attention to. Division Two is going to have a good race this year. Division Three is always going to be fun. Uh, Division Two championships are in Cedar Rapids. Division Three championships are in Cleveland. NAIA championships are in Des Moines. Grandview going for its seventh straight NAIA title. So there's a lot of good stuff, college wrestling. Campbellsville and Simon Frazier are on a collision course for the WCWA championships. They're both having great seasons in the women. So there's a lot of great stuff in the college wrestling to even pay attention to outside of Division One. So a uh, little little promo plug for my uh, newest sub-segment of the Short Time Wrestling Podcast. It's called Short Time Shots. Yes, it's a play um, off the word short and off the word shot. And short time, which is kind of how the show was initially formulated to give you these quick daily bursts of info. So that's within the Short Time Wrestling Podcast feed. Be doing this pretty much daily, depending on travel schedules and whatnot. It's not going to be every single result, but it's just going to be the news, the nuggets, the things you want to hear. And it's going to be a lot of non-Division One stuff anyway, because I want to educate people about more, there's more than 76 programs in college wrestling, folks. As a matter of fact, there's more than just probably the 30 most people pay attention to. That's basically Richard and I have been doing a little bit of the history stuff, but there are a lot more things in college wrestling you can be paying attention to that, that you can educate yourself on. That's one thing I'm trying to do with the short time shorts and bringing that to the forefront. Thank you, Jason. And if you want to reach out to us, um, you can do so by email. Mine's Rimmel at USAWrestling.org. My Twitter at Richard underscore Immel. You can tweet at USA Wrestling if you want. Um, Jason is at Jason and Bryant on Twitter. Uh, sign up for his newsletter if you want to consume some more wrestling news. He does a great job curating a daily newsletter of wrestling news. 
Um, I find out a lot of stuff that I don't know um, from that newsletter. So it's, it's uh, I don't know, man. It's a great time to be involved in wrestling. Thank you for yeah. coming on the show. I appreciate it. And I'm going to uh, go uh, spackle and drywall and, uh, you know, wrestling. Hashtag wrestling shirt a day. Oh, one thing about that real quick. The wrestling shirt a day thing. This is it, it, it's no long. It wasn't like a contest. It kind of was. And me and Joe Caprino were having some uh, some some elbows about him, you know, violating certain rules. But the reason I'm wearing a different wrestling T-shirt or re- pullovers, sweatshirt, anything but zip ups, everything, you know, it's got to be it's got to have like a three quarter zip works. A jacket does not. It's just to promote the sport of wrestling wherever I go. So I'm at Home Depot today wearing a Fresno State wrestling shirt. Uh, today, it didn't get me. Uh, a conversation, but last week I was wearing one of the shirts from one of these obscure high schools that have sent me shirts or I bought shirts from, and it starts up a conversation about wrestling. That is why I, whenever I go out, I'm like, okay, what shirt can I wear? What cool looking shirt can I wear? That's going to be a conversation starter. Cause I just like talking about wrestling. I like being an advocate for wrestling. So think about that when you go out and you know what? Take a picture, hashtag wrestling shirt a day. Uh, Brett Parsons down at the Orlando Sentinel. He's now doing it. So it's not like, an you know, for me, it's an everyday thing. I'm a day 220 as we stand right now. And at least last count, I think I got still 40 more to go <laughs> before I can even get to that. And I got two more in the mail today. So, uh, you know, it's it's something about wrestling advocacy and being able to support the sport. And that's why I'm doing it for, you know, various different programs, high schools, colleges, wherever. Uh, wrestling clubs, uh, you know, Strip Matter at Young Gun sent me some shirts. And, uh, you know, I bought a shirt from Mount Lebanon today, Kurt Angle's alma mater, just to, you know, it's a way to promote the sport beyond having a conversation. You walk, in, walk down the, your checkout lane at Cub Foods or King Supers out in Colorado Springs, you get a wrestling shirt on. Somebody's like, oh, wrestling. They're going to they're gonna start thinking about somebody they know that wrestles because of that. So that's just my little, 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 little slice of advocacy for today. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thanks, man. Uh, always a pleasure having you on the show. We'll do it again definitely before the NCAAs. Um, we do our great preview show there. Um, and, and if not, maybe we can do it another time before. Um, so I will end with this. Hashtag Seth Gross for Hodge in that fashion. That spirit, I should say. All you Hodge Trophy uh, hopefuls out there, don't settle for the win. If you want my vote, score bonus Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.